You're listening to Wholehearted, a soul sister conversation. You're here with healer and intuitive Donna Lee Winan, life coach Prue Sulisic, and women's empowerment artist Tanya Marie Reeves. Together we are navigating life on purpose. We're pushing boundaries, being imperfect and unstoppable. Join in the conversation by being a part of the Facebook group and connect with your own soul sisters. We are here to inspire and encourage you to live fully into your own life, to be the compassionate observer of your thoughts and feelings, and to make a conscious choice to change what is in your power to change. We are so happy to have you here. Welcome to Wholehearted, Donna Lee here, Prue and Tanya. Hello, welcome. This week we have a topic of age barriers, are they a real thing? Mm. That's an interesting topic, isn't it, ladies? It is. It is. And I noticed that we we put up a post in our Facebook community and for all those people that answered it, thank you. And I think we'll I think we'll actually look look on that through this conversation, see what people said about what they think their age is a barrier to. Just to bring you guys into the conversation, do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Perfect. So it is a good conversation. Should we start with our highs and lows for the week before we get into the conversation? Absolutely. What was yours? My high was I, I've been in, when I moved to the Gold Coast, I joined a container with some people right back in January of 2022. And I've sort of like done a full circle in there. Like I've been spending the last 18 months just sort of in, in the community type of stuff and it's changed and it's evolved. And this weekend I spent in the room just with four other beautiful people that I basically had connected with back in last January. And we spent three days together creating and learning and crafting an impactful talk, like a speech. And so we, yeah, just sat in, sat in the room and it was just such a nice environment. There was no fluff or hype or anything. It was just working together, understanding, you know, how to put through, how to put a talk together and how to make it as impactful for your listener as possible. So it was really helpful for us on the podcast. I'm going to definitely share some stuff with you. And, yeah, so I spent three days doing that over the weekend and it was just beautiful near the beach, got to walk on the beach every morning, uh, go for strolls and get out into the sunshine, just being in a different environment, you know, from being at home was just so nice and also connecting with, Actually, we had Jo on the podcast. So Jojo Spear, she was one of the the four. The breathing lady. Yeah, the breath work. Um, And she's transitioned into a new amazing sort of events business. And also Scott, who is also a breath work facilitator and like deep healing coach, like he's amazing. And a new guy called Rip, who's a builder from the Sunshine Coast, which was really nice to be in the room with him as well. And then so James. So how, did that, how did that come about? What, like, was this, yeah. yeah, how did it come about from your community or where you're living? So 12 months ago, I bought into what they had as speaker training back then. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd paid paid the money and I bought into it and it kept evolving. And then the person that was running it, their business has evolved like two minds project um was like changed stopped and james has created this new speaker agency 
um, business. And yeah, so it was like, okay, so he honored my payment for the speaker training and he's taking me in. And it's actually nine months because originally it was five days straight. And this makes so much more sense because you don't learn how to speak in five days <laughs> without the practice or anything. So it's actually a nine month journey, which is really nice. And every quarter we have these three day catch-ups. The next one is actually in Yapoon, which is where they're moving to, which is about eight hours north of here. And I'm really looking forward to that one. So yeah. Right. That's awesome. Learning to speak. So yeah, that was really nice. I had a really, um, it was really impactful and just some deep learning and skills as well, which I'm all down for. And being around like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. And on like on this different different level, you know, it's just yeah, it was nice. It was really nice. Mm. And okay, low light. My, my low light. <laughs> my low light was yeah, this was an interesting I'm still actually processing through this one. The um I was offered some coaching through for some from somebody and I actually got in trouble yesterday because I hadn't done my homework. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I was so glad when Tanya told me she hadn't done her homework for today. <laughs> um, and yeah, really got well. You know, it wasn't particularly what she said or how she said it. I suppose it's just how I, I was, I felt, how I created the thought of the emotion in me. And it, oh man, it actually shook me up yesterday. I was like, oh, this is this is a big one. What's what's going on? So. I well, can you even hear my voice right now? I can feel it shaking right now. Like my heart is racing just thinking about it because That's I had mine listening to you. <laughs> I had lots of thoughts about it, like lots of thoughts, lots of feelings, and yeah, I'm just. And then I had a conversation with Joel afterwards, and well, he sided with the coach and her view, which is not surprising. And I do too. There's like, there's two parts of me, right? One side that does, one side that doesn't. And it was just me leaning. It's about me leaning into me and how, yeah, is is this supportive of the way that I like to work? And, you know, would I, like, would I do that? There's all these, all these different types of things going through my head. Anyway, so that was my low light, still being processed, better than it was yesterday. Initially, I took myself for a walk straight away after it just to like shift some energy. Um, did took my own uh, medicine and made sure I did a big thought download about it and, you know, figured out how I was feeling and just like was and processing through feelings. And so, yeah, that is what I'm currently processing through and I'm not making it a problem. I'm just understanding it. So, yeah, that was mine. Low light. Oh, my God. I felt all the feels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, it, literally I can still, it's like that's how powerful our brain is, right? As soon as we think about it again, it creates the emotion in our bodies again and that just shows me how I haven't processed it through yet and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely that's okay. Wow, thank you. What about you, Tan? Oh, my low, I'm starting with my low light. I like to finish on a high. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, I've been sick. I've been sick for the last few days. And unfortunately I've had to also work the last few days and it's been the busiest, the busiest few days at work that we've ever had. So um, yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle with these, these last few days. Um, and my highlight is that I've just, 
I've been spending a lot more time with the kids lately. Heaven's been coming over for dinner and uh, so it's dra- so that's uh, Ripley's been out of his room and we've been baking and laughing and <laughs> just uh, just been amazing, just really been amazing and I've really appreciated and I'm really grateful for the, the uh, relationship that the three of us have. Yeah, reconnecting by the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've we've never really not been close, but you know, you have those moments when you just are together more often and doing more things together, and yeah. and just kind of cementing that connection again. It's um, been really beautiful, mm-hmm. and such a such a really sweet place to be with them being adults and. Mm-hmm. And I'm so blessed that, you know, they're not afraid to speak to me about stuff and and we can joke about all types of things that <laughs> I guess a lot of people probably wouldn't speak to their parents about. Like I know that half the things that um, we laugh and joke and talk about, there's no way I would be talking to my mum and dad about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so, yeah, it's really... It's really, really beautiful. I'm just really blessed to have that with them. Nice. And you can see the sparkle in your eyes and the curls on your mouth. (laughs) Well, there's a big curl if you can't see everyone. She's got beautiful teeth. Not building my sinuses. Wait, well, we can hear you, but that's okay. You you showed up. You're here. That's the main thing. I'm so much better today. So that's that's also a bonus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not I struggle with this stuff. I spot, I need to probably practice more about what highlights and lowlights are. Um, so my my low light was just waking up this morning and noticing that I felt sad and it wasn't sad about anything in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed over the last, I don't know, maybe five or six months that um, I'd like to probably know a little bit more about moon cycles and stuff because I do notice that this happens. And so when that feeling happens, I just notice it and I don't try and figure it out or try and label it to anything, just acknowledging that it's actually a really good emotion to have and that it's okay. And I've just been reassuring myself that, it's okay and it's really valuable and, you know, it's just like being happy. We put lots of focus on happy. So feeling sad's okay and I feel that feeling sad is transitionary, um, that I know I know behind the scenes I have a lot going on and a lot coming up and I just feel that the sadness for me is the, in another word, letting go or you know, it just, my my visualisation of it is like when, you know, we get sunburnt and the skin peels off. And so that's what I feel like this is, this is like, it's coming from the inside. And so nurturing that as much as we nurture happiness or other emotions, that's what I'm learning that it's okay, that it's okay to, so it's not really a low light, but it just feels low. And I can feel it in my belly. When I got on here today with the girls, I said, oh, it'd be really nice to have an open topic today because, you know, so we, we've we mentioned it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, my highlight, I had lots of highlights, and I'd like to mention this one. 
Thursday bushwalks. Oh my God. Sunrise. That's such a highlight every single week. But I'm going to celebrate that I completed and submitted my chapter for the Voices of Impact, Volume 3, 2023. Finally, after many, many edits, and um, it's not far away. On the 8th of the 8th, it will be launched globally. So it's pretty exciting. 24 women with their stories in there. Mine's called Showing Up. Ooh, can't wait. Yeah, congratulations. Like this is massive. Yeah. I can't wait to read it and celebrate you. So, yeah, and anybody that's listening, you'll be able to order it and yep. get a digital version on the 8th of August. And then if you want a hard copy, you can get it. Oh, paperback copy, you can get it later as well. But, yeah, everybody support Donna Lee and the book, The Voices of Impact. Yeah. Bye. Ours is going to be pink. Ordering. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> This is volume two, so ours is going to be pink. So I've I've bought Lee Chechens, so she's mm-hmm. a local lady, so she's in this book. So yes. yeah, it's exciting. It it's is. Exciting. Lots of joy. when that comes out, we will definitely put something up in the Facebook group and um, some links, so you can get it. We'll probably we can add a link also to our link tree, so you'll be able to go Absolutely. directly to it and make a purchase. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Yeah, maybe mm. I just had a thought. Maybe, I don't know, this has just popped clean in my head. We were talking about this the other day. Maybe if it can be purchased through, I don't know, even the hard copy down the track, I don't know, I'm just thinking, through um, our group Wholehearted, maybe the the extra bit that you make off it can go to our fund that we were talking about creating. Oh, nice. I know, that's just popped in. Yeah. Anyway. And what was popping in for me, just as you're saying, that was like, oh, I think we should have like a reading from Donna Lee, from the author. Absolutely. That would be amazing. Um, Can I just ask Donna Lee, are they all, are all the authors in the book women? Yes. Yeah. It's only for women. Well, the books are only written by women, stories from women. Yeah. So she's up, she's in her third volume. Um, so yeah, I was reading Lee's story the other day. It's pretty cool. It's like weird holding holding this like paperback thing, thinking, "Ooh, yeah. <laughs> my turn's coming." <laughs> yeah, yeah that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it is. Anyway, we better get on to our yeah. topic. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Otherwise, we'll run out of time. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did need an open topic today. All right, ladies, so let's get on to it. It's a a great topic. Um, I agree with you, Tanya. Uh, Once I was doing some research, I went, oh, my God, it really opened my eyes to not just um, me being 60 and feeling that aspect, but, you know, when I did some research and went, you know, there's the other pack, they call it ageism, even for when we're young, you know, you haven't got enough experience. When you're old, you've got, you're overqualified. So there was so much in this topic. So let's go, ladies. Age barriers, are they a real thing? I absolutely think that age barriers and age limits are a real thing in the society and the culture we live in. Mm -hmm. Having said that, I don't think they're true. <laughs> Can't agree with you more. <laughs> yeah. I think it's um we've just been we've been brainwashed from the moment we've been born. We've been segregated into age groups from the very beginning. 
all through school, all through work, you know, in it's just it's in us and I don't even think half the time we realise just how ageist we are being. And I think we we do it on a daily basis. And yeah, and I think the only way we can break that down is to start being aware of it and, and fighting it mm. every step of the way. <laughs> I know. I saw this amazing, like, yeah, actually it was a bit scary statistic from the Human Rights Commission in Australia. Um, it finds, it did a study and it found that ageism is the most accepted form of prejudice in Australia with 63% having experienced ageism in the last five years. And then I actually broke it down into different categories. It doesn't start with kids. It does start with young adults between the 18, 18 and 39 experience ageism as being in the workplace particularly by being condescended and ignored, which, look, I have so many stories about Stella because she's going through this right now in this category right now, which I'd love to talk a little bit more about later. Um, And then middle-aged, which is all of us, us three, and most of our community most probably is 40 to 61. And this age group are most likely to experience it as being turned down for jobs. Like that's the big one in that category. Um, and then older people, 62 plus experience it as being helped without being asked, which I found really interesting. Cause I'm like, wow. I have done this. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, mostly done all of these things, but um, I was like, yeah, okay. So that's how they've categorized them. And yeah. And then there's all those, then there's all the stereotypes within the age brackets as well. So yeah, I just found that it's like, okay, it is like, we talk about, you know, women's rights and you know like the environment and like racism and all that type of stuff and we forget a very important piece of this and this prejudice of age and that like you said Tanya it is ingrained in us from a very young age or firstly children are meant to be seen and not heard right that's where it starts idioms (laughs) yeah (laughs) And yeah. then you're put into, you put, look at your entire schooling. Yeah. Yeah. You're completely segregated into age groups from yeah. the very, very beginning. Yeah. And, you know, you, you see, you see how um, you think it's weird if you see a younger person in a relationship with, or even just being a friend with someone older, there's, oh, there's something weird going on there. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. And just because we we've just been segregated into those age groups from the very beginning and and that's what we we i guess see is normal normal yeah that's right we there isn't like a normal way to do things in certain age groups and then there's an abnormal way to do things and if you're doing it not the normal way you can be um you can experience a lot of this yeah, experience a lot of judgment usually from the people that are looking out from the outside, looking in at what you're not doing right in that particular age group. And then, you know, you're, I mean, you're talking about um, the workforce. Why is 
a 16-year-old getting paid less than a 17-year-old, getting paid less than a 19-year-old, getting paid less than a 24-year-old, getting paid less than a 30-year-old for doing exactly the same job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, they were going, I just noticed on the news recently that they're going to banish that sort of categories in jobs and and it's about the job that you're in. That's the category that you'll be paid rather than experience. And bloody time. I, I can... I can see both sides of it, though. It's like, okay, if you've had lots of experience in it, do you want to be paid more? But at the same time, it's like, why should a person that's just coming into it be paid less for the same doing the same job? So yeah, I've I've got two sides of that. But yeah, I totally agree with the, especially, yeah, they, those categories of rates of pay. Yeah, like Oscar turned sixteen recently, and he got a a dollar. Oh no. 59 cent pay rise <laughs> at uh, Hungry Jacks. Yeah, and he's not doing anything anything Different. or more difficult or less no. difficult than no. a 21-year-old counterpart in the same position. Yeah. And so what, what do you think it then feeds into if we're categorising people, if we're paying people that are older than us more, and I'm just going to use Oscar as an example, what does he think about the 18-year-old than, uh, than himself? Does he think, oh, he's better than me? You know, or, like that. Or yeah. do we create a wishing away of your life? Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah. when I get 18, I'll be, I'll get this pay rate. I was just thinking then when you were talking, wouldn't it be great, I guess, and then, and then it would be business, um, you know, business interpretation of whether, when you start at Hungry Jacks, let's say, for example, um, that you've got level one pay, level two. So once you've learnt these skills and, you know, there's a tick boxing thing, then mm-hmm. you can work to the next level mm-hmm. to get a, a different pay rate. I think for me, I know what I'd be doing. I'd be learning really quickly so that I could get the, the higher yeah. pay rates rather than the age. Because, like, I mean, oh, Hungry Jacks and McDonald's aren't listening. But if you are, you can sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, like, the abuse of youth in those jobs. Definitely. And, yeah, tough, yeah. tough, tough, tough. Do you see any 60-year-olds being employed in those places? Probably yeah. only on the coffee machine. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, there's categories where it's okay to employ older yeah. people in these roles, but, yeah, you don't yeah. see a 60-year-old serving at Hungry Jacks. Absolutely not. Oh, I can't no, especially these that. bigger corporations because it's keeping their money down, isn't it, keeping their, yeah, their expenses they only, only employ young people. I mean, it's also it's also great in, a, in other circumstances where the these kids are getting work mm. you know yes. pay them accordingly yeah one <laughs> one thing that was and when I was thinking about this topic came up from a memory of a story of Stella when she worked at Mackey's in Broken Hill and it really pissed me off at the time I was so angry at it mind you doing being pro I didn't actually do anything about it I just you know I was angry and that was it <laughs> um yeah, so Stella used to work. Stella used to work. She was doing homeschooling at the time. So she worked really early mornings for Maccas and then would finish at 10, come home, do her studies and then go back 
do some afternoon shift and then sort of do that type of work. And she would always get Sunday shifts. And Stella was at the time about 16, maybe going into 17, maybe 17, and wasn't like, I don't know what most 17-year-olds are doing. Obviously, they're partying and all that sort of stuff, getting drunk on a Saturday night. Stella was not one of those kids. Like, she, look, she was out there doing some things, but not wasn't a regular occurrence for her. And I remember one day, one Sunday morning, I went in early to, you know, get her up or help her get up or whatever. And she was really sick. Oh, that's right. She must have messaged me. So I went in and she's like, mom, I'm really sick. And she actually had gastro. Like she was truly sick with gastro. And I was like, oh, well, just just call in sick. You can't go in with gastro for God's sake. And so she did. And no one believed her. All her boss got on the phone and told him, told her how disappointed he was that she wasn't coming in because she was in, in self-inflicted pain, like from drinking and boozing the night before. And I was like, for fuck's sake, like that is like, that is just ageism. It's like, this is the category and the, you know, the, um, what's it called? The stereotype that I'm putting you into this box. And that's the only reason you're calling six because you were drunk the night before. And it's like, no, that wasn't why she, she called in. She called in because she was truly sick. And but she didn't live that down. Like every time that she went to work after that, it would be brought up. Oh and gosh. yeah, and she was just to make she was made to feel really bad about it. And I was like, that is so shit. So shit. So that's just an example of how ageism in real life is happening. Yeah. 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 And often, you know, how is it that the person that always turns up for every single shift when you, you know, you don't turn up and like, and you see the other contrast when people yeah. don't turn up all the time and nothing no. much gets said. Yeah. It's yeah. such a, like, it's such a, a conflicting, there's so much conflicting stuff in this topic. And I guess mm. all we want to do is try and bring some clarity to how we as individuals, I guess, can change our thinking or our approach and, that's certainly all I can do. I can only be the change yeah. that I want the world to be. It's going to, it's always going to be there. I can't, like I've got a perfect example in the hockey team I play in. Yeah. I'm 60. I'm the oldest player there. And seriously, I would be fitter than some of those younger people. And I I deal with this stuff every single week. And you know, I try to be the change that I want the world to be, but Tanya knows because I wrote her a big long text with all lots of fucks in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how else to alter it, other than I did write a text to my coach last night, and I'm going to be, re- she's going to, we're going to talk to each other tonight. But I was really like, even in my text, I really put there said. Um, I don't want to be seen as someone that's not receiving the ball or not being acknowledged. I just want to bring to the point that if we play as a team, as 11 people, we could have a better result. But that doesn't necessarily always transpire. And you, you can't make people, people change their thoughts. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough topic. You know, there's mm-hmm. going to be plenty of people sitting out there that are absolutely great to be employed at 30, 40, 50, 20, 16, whatever, and we've still got this shit going on constantly. Mm-hmm. So and to me, not, sorry, go. It's not only um, those, those, those limits and we put 
on others, but also the limits we put on ourselves for our age. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just having a look at the comments in that under that question that we asked about. Uh, we've all said it, we've heard others say it, I'm too old for this, I'm too old for that. List all the ways that those sentence have, sentences have ended for you in particular. And the first person says, who is Melissa, she says, I say this way too much. I have physical challenges at the moment, but once they are sorted, I'm going to do things I keep saying I can't do due to old age. So she wasn't actually specific in what she said, but, yeah, she recognises that she is saying that. Um, Shane Hunter says, I'm too old to party. <laughs> uh, hasn't stopped me, though, which is good. No, good, good. <laughs> Never too old to party. <laughs> no, yeah, we're exactly. not, are we, Tanya? We're never too old to party. No. <laughs> but I have, I have said that many, many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. We're, we're working on this, Tan. We're, we're working, working on, on this. this. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We're showing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, partying at 18 looks different when you're partying in your 40s and 50s and 60s. <laughs> like it just looks different um, sometimes, not all the time. Shane, maybe not. <laughs> Cathwell <laughs> uh, said, I'm too old for this shit. And I was like, yes, I actually think that I'm, that's how I end the sentence. And it's a bit more of a positive for, you know, I see it as more of a positive because if something's happening and there's heaps of drama. I'm like, I'm fucking too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to get involved, which is good. I like that one. Candy Delbridge says, I'm too old for a baby. And so this is when age is true right like there's only there's certain ages that women can't have babies but um, candy's I'm, not one of these women though i'm just I'm gonna throw betting, that out there i'm betting this isn't this from candy this isn't um a i'm too old my body cannot have a baby i bet you no. i bet yeah. you as the long mindset. candy yeah. as long as your body is allowing you to have a baby you can have a fucking baby <laughs> mm, yeah and the question the real question here is do I want a baby <laughs> you know that might be more the question then I'm too old for it maybe the too well, old is I just can, the excuse I can remember um myself just you know when I was about 40 I I had still wanted a baby and mm. and I can remember thinking that oh I'm too old I'm too old uh, well there's plenty of women out there that have been doing it yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that is. I think that is a barrier that society is putting on us. That you that you can't have a baby in your forties or your fifties. You're fucking crazy. Yeah, but you can. You can. Yeah, my sister-in-law had a baby at forty-six. Yeah, yeah. I think until your your body has literally turned off the option mm-hmm. physically, and you are still quite capable and and wanting that, then there is no reason you can't. Yeah, it's the mindset around it, absolutely. Um, Marika says, I'm too old to try something out of my comfort zone. Oh, yeah, this, yes. yes. And we've all felt this, like, mm. absolutely. We think, oh, God, I can't do that. Too old, I'm too old to get a new career. I'm too old to say, actually, hey, like or put a stake in the ground and say, actually, I'm really passionate about this or passionate about that and might be completely different to what you've ever said or done before, but you're never too old to make a new decision and to be who you want to be. What's that? Yeah. You know, made your bed and now I'm going to lie in it. Like, yes, yeah. 
Yeah. Great how all of our topics have yeah. just been merging. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Old dog new tricks. You absolutely can teach an old dog new tricks. Absolutely. Yeah. And the more that you the more that you are comfortable about doing things differently, the more that you change your motor neurons and your nerve endings. It's just just keep just keep doing it. And the other part is that, you know, as we get wiser you have you have a different skill set to be able to access to be able to do things differently than when you were young so i still believe that you can do the things you were doing when you were young except you do them consciously differently mm, absolutely yeah well we were just talking about this before we pressed record about me looking after these children in the morning and how my parenting is so different from when I was 20 to now or 25 to now I'm 46. And it's like, yeah, age is a fucking blessing. Like, and it gives you so much experience. So yeah, it's so good. I love it. I love the older I get, the more wise I become. (laughs) And I also love, I, I hear stories. I can't remember where it was or whether it was on here, but about, I think it was on one of our comments where someone had, um, wasn't accepted at school and they spent their time with their grandmother was mm. I'm sure and yes and was, yeah yeah and you know and I just I think for me god I'm probably going to cry I couldn't think of anything better to be able to impart my knowledge to a younger person yeah, me either that's what I'm aspiring to do it's like mm. yeah my grandchildren I'm going to teach them so much <laughs> To, to be able to buy like yeah with and, them. and there's cultures out there you know not Australia but there are mm. cultures that um that embrace that whole mm. sense of community from you know they'd say it, it takes a community to raise a child and I look back at Whitecliffs and I think there there was that there for my children mm. but we could do this through our whole life and yeah. I think we we are so much better for it you know, because you're talking, Tanya, about how you're having a great relationship with your kids as adults and, you know, being able to talk about, you know, an array of topics. And I, I agree. I have the same the same experience with my daughter being able to talk about that stuff. And I just think more and more of that would support our culture. And so, you know, all we can do is we be the change. We be the availability, and I'm sure it's going to grow and and evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know where else age is a barrier. Um, just thinking about this topic in like people that we want to spend time with. There's young people that really encourage our personality to come out, like our grandparents and stuff like that. Um, but the the opposite is true as well. So if you're around somebody that is not that person, is like really toxic or is mean or a narcissist or something and we've been it's been drilled into us that we have to respect our elders and (laughs) then so we're showing up we're like everything in our body and our being is saying that this person is not nice and not right or not you know safe yet we are forced to you know respect our elders yeah and we keep putting ourselves in situations that we're not safe in yeah so we yeah so that's just like that age limit barrier as well about oh how how can like an 18 or even a 
young teen say to an older person, look, you know, no, I'm not taking your advice or I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that without or getting all respect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, how many how many times do you see people that uh, that do speak up for themselves and, and they keep quitting their jobs and then they're seen by others as, you know, can't hold a job down and yet what they're doing is standing up for their own yeah. Um, their own guts, so their yeah. own rights. There's yeah. consequences for, for when you go against the grain, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. And so breaking free of that. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm actually really um struggling with this myself in um in my dating life. Mm. I'm mm-hmm. single, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> So you know, she's it out there. single, ready to mingle. <laughs> and how often I have said, no, they're too young or have been worried about um, being approached by someone younger and, and thinking I'm too old. Mm, um, yeah, so really, yeah, it's, it's um, a really, really tricky place to be, trying to get out of my head in that. And I'm really trying to concentrate on it being a life position rather than rather than an age I I have to stop saying yeah you're 28 and immediately going okay you're gonna you're and they possibly are going to be in a different life stage they possibly are still going to want children where I'm not going to be but I also find myself just putting that to their age Mm. There's mm-hmm. a 28 year old out there who, who might be interested and might not want any kids, and might want to travel and have the freedom and do the things that I want to do. But I immediately say, "Oh no, they're 28." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or on the like I said, on the other side of things, where I'm like, "Oh God, no one, you know, that 32 year old isn't going to want to be with me, who's nearly 50." Like. <laughs> Yeah, limiting, limiting, all right. Um, it's a really difficult place place to be, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is an interesting topic. I wonder who else is experiencing that in our group right now. Because I'm I'm quite young at heart, I think, and and um, yeah, but we have so much. There's so much influence around how old we are. Because I mean, it's one of the first things that gets said about you, isn't yeah. it? If yes. you're introducing yourself or someone else is introducing you or, you know, some dude murdered someone, the first thing that is mentioned is how old they are. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm. Yeah, like that makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> no, it, yeah. it really doesn't in the whole scheme of things, does it? No. But it's, it, it does in, I guess, the the society that what we've been taught it matters mm-hmm. so I think we need to do the best we can to make it not matter yeah. yeah you know and yeah and yeah being drawn to people that yeah you're connected with rather than having an age limit and yeah. I know I get I get connected to older women all the time like I'm so I just find them so interesting. Their life experience is interesting. I'm thinking about, and I would love her for her to listen to this because I've been meaning to catch up with her, Dot Henderson in Broken Hill. 
she you remember Dottie? You remember Dot, don't you? Yeah. Um, she used to help me out at the fabric closet all the time. She taught me so much about, well, not you know, on the surface it was about sewing and crafting and stuff, but deep down it was she actually taught me so much about like volunteering and surrounding herself with groups of like-minded women and really like she was very convicted in what she wanted to do, looking after herself and had lots of energy as a, I think she was, I want to say she was in her late 60s then and, you know, so she'd be in her 70s now and just full of life and would, yeah, just lots lots to give. And, yeah, she taught me so much and I get really attracted to being around people like that, whether they're 20 or they're 70. <laughs> but I, I do really feel I love older people for their for their stories and their knowledge and their wisdom that they have already and that has come with me getting older. Like I know when I was in my 20s I didn't appreciate it, you know, even my 30s really. But it was since being in my 40s, I can really appreciate like my grandparents and, you know, my older friends and all the all the information and knowledge that they have. And it's now, yeah, I look up to that. I remember when my nana was dying on her deathbed, you know, I, you know, whispered her, you know, some nice words. And I was like, you know, I really want to be like you. Like you have been the foundation of our family and I've always honoured that and, yeah, just want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in my 40s and I'm like I'm thinking about my nana going, yeah, I loved how she held held the space for everybody and everybody was, you know, goes to her for all the information about everything and I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful because it's mm. the other side of that as well when, when older people just get patronised, don't they? And their children and and I mean I've done it. You do it, yeah. and you just you. What is it that you you forget, or is it just that we we've been conditioned to think that they're just old and silly and don't know what they're doing? Whereas that's actually probably quite the opposite, where they they actually know more than any of us here so true like thinking about my grandmother in this instance you know my family were all lovely they they we all had our parts in our in nana's lives and she would like go to certain people for certain jobs and she would come to me and would like not ask particular people because she would be told no that's not you know the right way to do things or whatever but she would come to me and she would get me to help with jobs that she needed to get done when she knew that she would be told no from others and I would just be like yeah let's do it like let's go for it like I remember one particular thing where she wanted to tile her carport and she came to me I, I'm not a designer. I'm not really into like know much about that, but Nan knew what she liked and she knew what she wanted. She wanted to someone to be the person that was like going to take her through the process, but she wanted to make decisions. And so she knew that Prue would let her make the decisions. I wasn't going to bully her into choosing things that just because that looked prettier from my perspective or whatever, like other family members would like love all my family. Like they've all got great things. 
But she'd come to me for that. And I remember I got hell for that because she chose these tiles and everyone was like, Brody, they're the most ugliest tiles. Why did you let her choose them? I'm like, because Nana liked them. She wanted her independence. Like she wanted to choose them herself and she liked them. That's why she, I let her choose them. And so she knew she could come to me for that. And I was always like that. I was never, I can honestly say that I was never, you know, patronizing to you know, her as an older person, I was always like for her having choice right up to the end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why she would come to to me. How awful to think that you go through all this life, all this living and learning, and then you get to 80 and start being told what to do. Start getting told that what you want is not right. Not right. Like, Hmm. yeah, I have. I have a lot of 70, 80, 90-year-old women clients Mm -hmm. and quite a few of them have been coming for nearly 10 years. And I know that when they come to, the reason they come to have their monthly, I'm thinking of one lady in particular, and another lady yesterday said to me, because I was just checking in to see, you know, you know, was my, was, were the services, you know, doing the right thing for them? And she goes... This particular lady said, I just, to be able to come here and sit for an hour and talk and have a treatment, she said, it clears my head and makes me feel that I'm not alone. And then a couple of my other older ladies, I know, I know quietly behind the scenes that my little feeding of supporting them in their age has changed how they let their husbands treat them. Mm, Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, from what I see, it gets worse in those relationships, especially that generation. It seems yeah. to, from my perspective. Yeah, it seems to, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it stats actually more, prove that as well. Yeah, more controlling, yeah. more confined. Um, so, yeah, there's anybody out there that that wants to come and have some sessions? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great place to support and let women, you know, women especially, you know, because I just see, I just see the wealth of knowledge in these women, but I also see the confining constriction that happens from that generation, that whole generation of being restricted in their opinions and, you know, they're just seen as the wife, the breeder, the home, the home person. And mm-hmm. all these people, like my 91-year-old lady, my God, we have the best conversations. And and the other part is, is that she, I can actually say to her, well, okay, let's look at this differently, you know, because she's got grandchildren and great-grandchildren and, you know, she's got her opinions on things. But to be able to share with her different perspectives so that she can understand her whole family differently, watching that watching that change has been amazing Mm -hmm. because they've got 91 years and they're Mm -hmm. also learning how to be in the world today as well. Amazing. Yeah. I wanted to ask Tan because Tan's got a, like you've got a big extensive family. Yeah. And a bit more culture in there as well, like with your Maltese Mm. heritage. So what do you, what do you see with that cross, you know, that whole, spectrum of age Mm, it's um I think my um my my nunna I feel like she um 
has not done things for many, 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 many years because she's too old to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know whether that's more she's tired mm-hmm. and um, and she lost. Um, my nun was being gone for a long time now, so she has been on her own for a long time. Um, I do... I do find that a lot of people do make decisions for her, yeah. Also that she allows that. Yeah. It might be too to keep the peace sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where I'm like, just is she um she just it does like I'm she's just too tired, like mm. to make a fuss. Um, I'd re- actually, I'm, it's something I, I might have a chat to her about. Actually, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. it's not something we've we have ever discussed. I'm a bit lost at what to say, Donnelly. Really, in that instance, I think it, from what from what I've learned from my 91 year old is um, like like when we provide that time for them to have a voice or to talk in in safety that cuz i i see or there's like there's all these doors that get locked down and so you know like you said it appears that pe- like people make decisions for her it's part of when we were talking lots about thought and stuff I was thinking how our thoughts like like construct a lot of what we do and like you know even when we're out and we're practicing wanting to be the change that we want the world to be our brains are doing that instantaneous um calculation of the instant isn't it and it's just that we're catching we're catching how quick our thought can go oh that looks like an old person that needs help across the road mm-hmm. um like I get fascinated with that. So it's us learning that our brain's going to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. And through practice, we can help our brain have different perspective. We're never, ever going to avoid that instantaneous first thought. But we, pardon me, we can be more practiced at pausing or noticing that we've actually done that and go, oh, yeah, that's the brain doing what it's doing. Now I can actually do something differently. Yeah, maybe, do the, maybe we do the second thing, not the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll look forward to. Let, I yeah. look forward to hearing what what you do hmm. with your nunna. Is that what you say? Yes. Mm. Oh, I got it right. Yeah, <laughs> you said it very well. Not many people can mm. say it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's in, yeah. yeah. And so everybody listening, like let's start to encourage you to lean into this and just see what's coming up when you maybe see an old person on the street or you're seeing your elderly friend or grandparent or something to see where your brain goes initially. And maybe don't do the first thing, do the second thing when you've had like time to like, ah, oh, I can see that I'm doing something that could be possibly helping when they didn't even ask for it and maybe you could do something different maybe. and even the opposite of that sorry like the younger versions as well yeah how, i wanted to say you, that too yeah how do you um yeah dismiss younger people yeah yes absolutely mm-hmm.
Absolutely. What are some other? Stella, like, is she's I, I can't remember going through this myself, uh, but Stella really struggles with this. Like, she, this is a big piece of what comes up as a frustration for her as Stella, Stella know, like, and this is the funny thing because Stella knows she's capable. She know she knows she's like worthy. She knows she, what she can do, like her skill set. And when people dismiss her for being able to do any of that or articulating any of that, she can come across as aggressive and, or yeah, dismiss and they just ignore her. She's like, I'm standing, Mum. I'm standing here telling them this is a fantastic way to do something, and they're just like dismissing me. And she said, eventually, after fifty goes of doing the, the wrong shit, they'll come back to the thing that I said and then portray it as their own idea. <laughs> yeah, yep. which happens to women, by the way, as well. That's yes. what happens to women. <laughs> but um, so she's got a double, you know, the double whammy. She's a woman and she's young, and so she's really. She's really feeling the the weight of society's expectations and um, stereotypes on her right now, and we have we have lots of conversations about that. <laughs> and would yeah. it would it be is it not that it's tougher because it's in another country, but that would have in, influence too? Different kind of cultures, how they portray or how they is oh, she yeah. in France? Yeah, she's in France, and I and I tell you she was getting it a lot here. Um, in France, it shows up differently a lot. She's she's getting the she's very aggressive piece in France because she is a very masculine female energy. They French men don't know how to take her because they're very feminine in their energy. Ah. Um, like as a whole, you know, and I'm just like generalizing here, but they are. And yeah, the people that she's around are feeling very intimidated by Stella and say to her she's aggressive and Stella's like I'm literally saying can you please sweep the barn <laughs> and they're like she's so aggressive saying what she wants yeah it's so it's so interesting yeah so wow. yes mm, it is interesting but so yeah I w- we would love to hear more stories from our audience about how this is actually showing up like I know we've got a real generalized statements here from under those that question that we asked but I would love to get into the more nitty-gritty how it is showing up exactly for you and for others or what you've seen in the world I would love to keep going with this conversation there's a, there's a lot more we haven't covered isn't there like you know gosh sports um yes yes oh it's a big one Donna Lee's right in that at the moment appearance mm. <laughs> yes appearance <laughs> I know and a yeah. whole other tangent isn't it isn't it um yes our looks yes. <laughs> our physicality yeah um, yeah well there was like there was just some things and this is mainly more for the audience to maybe comment on um on the post that Tanya does like there was so many categories you know homophobia sexism racism lookism classism um, social exclusion social cohesion um, the other thing that I this this was more for me was how and we all do this none of us none of us are free from um, being a culprit or being a part of this you know we code comments we say wounding words like it 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 can be just one word in a sentence that you have no idea that that's actually going to have an effect on someone. You know, I can remember 
one of the girls in the third quarter on Saturday, they don't they don't talk to me anytime. And then when you say you should be on the P spot because the goalkeeper, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, great, we're walking across the field back to the sideline and that's the only time you can talk to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, it, there was ageist assumptions, social segregation. This causes so- social segregation. Yeah. And there was interesting in jobs, like when people don't get jobs, there's lopsided layoffs. So, yes. yeah. You know, so you might be looked at being laid off because age or youth or whatever, but it's lopsidedly done. So it's interesting how that um, it's like a blanket. And I guess what we're doing now is we're starting to pick the threads of what we want to put in our blanket. So how how we are as individuals is, I think, how we walk forward or how we go forward from this conversation. What are a couple of things that can help us do that do you have do you I have do. I've got a couple of things I wrote down a couple um the so I think I've got four dot points here so the first dot point is don't let age be a discussion so like just don't bring it in if maybe people ask you directly you can like politely decline and say how is this appropriate you know this type of stuff like you could actually just start dismissing it like we want to be dismissive of it it's like it doesn't make any difference um and if people pressing you you could actually be like really firm and say i don't see where this is relevant which is going to be tough and at times yeah. because people love to categorize us i had yeah. that as well don't don't make age the first point of call don't yes aren't yes. they are yeah, yep. something. And so, yeah, don't. that's one thing that we can stop doing. Um, what we can start doing is being proud of our experiences and what we can bring to certain situations with our different point of view and our life and life experience, whether you're 18, you know, 48 or 98. We've all got, we're all individuals and we all have life experience. Like, even 10-year-old has a life experience of 10 years. Like you ask a 10-year-old, they'd be like, when I was little, they talk like that. And it's like, of course, because you already think that you've got so much life up your sleeve and they have. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so really be, start being proud of our experiences. Don't shy away from like telling people about them and, yeah, start articulating them yourself. Uh, the next one is be adaptable and flexible. So just instead of thinking there is a way to do things, like because one thing that you hear a lot of people say about people that are older is that they're set in their ways. Mm. So let's like break that by being adaptable and flexible for the situation, you know. Um, And the last one might be controversial, (laughs) but I want to say it, and it might not be true for everybody, but actually make technology your friend. Yeah, I had that as well. Yeah, good. Because mm. I think it's just part of society now. And old for that. <laughs> yes, that's it. Like this is my mum speaking, like, oh my God, I can't do anything, you know. But it's like spend time learning. You you are at any age capable of learning a, like a skill. It's not it's not like a born trait, it's like a skill. Like you you can use a laptop or you know, you could use a typewriter, you mostly you can use a computer. <laughs> Yeah, 
so yeah to lean into that part of this evolving society of ours and yeah interested in a particular field of work or you're looking at a at at an audience you're trying to attract learn about it Mm. make be impressive if you want something be impressive love it we are never, ever, 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 ever too old to learn. Never. Did you, did you have anything, Donnelly? Um, I just had don't draw attention to your age. So that was similar to what yeah. Prue had. I had stay current and on trends and technology. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, doesn't matter young or old. I'm one of these people. I just keep chipping away at wanting to learn technology. And I know a lot of older people go and do little TAFE courses because there are TAFE courses out there checking your community. You can, um, there's, I don't know about Broken Hill because I haven't really looked, but I know in other communities there are community groups that do Mm -hmm. um, teaching people how to use their phones and computer technology and iPads. And from what I've seen in the people that have persevered, oh, my God, they are absolutely stoked that they can have access to technology. I can remember a lady in Whitecliffs that I spent the time one night, we were at the pub, she'd got a new phone, and I remembered what frustrates me when when someone teaches me how to use technology is they go too fast. So Mm -hmm. we sat down and we wrote notes, and, my God, that night she sent 26 texts because she got telling me she got the bill that's when we had to pay for texas oh wow yeah yeah and that lady to this day i know is able to use the internet has upgraded her phone and she would be close to 80 now and if she didn't have that technology she'd be very isolated in white cliffs yeah so yeah such a benefit yeah um i also had remain positive and this is my comment Dare to live your life your way. Beautiful. Mm. That's it. Mm. I just want to add one more. Yeah. Most of mine were very similar to all of yours. Um, Stop giving backhanded comments. Yes. saying, oh, you look good for your age or you're really good at that for how old you are. Mm-hmm. Coded comments. Yes. It's true. You Stop look- accepting them too because people say yeah. that to me all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, 46 and you know how they ask all these random shit, like the basic questions, and they're like, oh, wow, I would never imagine that you were 46. It's like, well, what do, what do you think a 46-year-old is supposed to look like? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not 106, for God's sake. Yeah. But yeah, but I but I always take it as a compliment. It's like no, that's actually backhanded compliment. <laughs> and even even for younger people who who you might think are, are very smart or something, but they're only only fourteen. Like oh, so smart for their age. Right. Yes. <laughs> like fuck. I know. We do it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. I'm gonna hear, listen to myself doing this or hearing other people do it. Yeah. yeah. It is not a compliment. <laughs> mm, not a compliment, yeah, exactly. So, fantastic. What a great conversation. It was. And I reckon we've got another chapter of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We could keep talking for a, lot, a long time, I think, about it <laughs> with all yeah. the stories. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? We are.
Okay. So I've decided to go to the goddess oracle because I believe we're all goddesses, male or female, and we've just had a great conversation around our awareness and that age is boundless. Mm. Let's see what comes up. What's our message today to remind us? Oh, did you did you see that? It just flings straight What's out that? of the deck. It's like pick me, pick me. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Okay. I a chance um, to close my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I need just to one big breath. Shame you can see it because it like did this little kind of gymnastics. Watch the replay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, pick me, pick me. Yeah. Okay, it is Perimbo, that is the goddess, and it's about soul family. You are united under a common cause. I'm just tuning in. Ooh. Interesting, there's peacock feathers there too. All right, in the background there is... It's ancient stone, um, I'm just trying to think of the word. I feel like it's Mayan. It's not Egyptian. But what I see is it's on either side. So it's about pillars of foundation. And when we look at this card, you'll see there's these stone, I don't know what you want to call them, I can't, I just can't think of the word. But what I'm also seeing is that these pillars of light that are coming down through here, and there's also an overriding arch that is there. There's quite a lot of light coming through here. And the way that she is, her foot is touching, there's lots and lots of beautiful flowers. It's about it's about a presence in holding. And what I sense is that if you, oh gosh, I've just seen some other things. Um just give me a sec. There's lots going on here. It's really weird. It looks like when you look at this card, there's an upside down white peacock with its feet in the air, even though I know it's not a peacock, but that's what they're telling me. But what I see in this is like a form of surrender and being able to allow yourself to gently step into a different perspective. You know, it's like touching the ground with sensitivity and not worrying about um, it's just got to, when they're talking, there's just so much in this card. It's about being visible. It's about being bare, being naked to change. It's about your embarking on new ground. I just love the way her foot is paused on the ground and it's like a high heel shoe, you know. It's it's not about sensitivity. It's about stepping out from yourself and allowing yourself to let other ideas come in and let other things move away. There's water in the background. That's always about emotion. There's this beautiful big sand dune in the back, which to me it looks like um, a, a silver rock, and that tells me it's 
really, really, this is really deep. I might even talk about this later. Um, okay, righto. So daring to bear all. So even the silver rock in the background, which could be a sand dune, is there's nothing on it. It's about being able to bear, be, be bare for new opportunity because there's a lot of growth around the outside of this card, lots of vegetation. And then within the pillars that are those white pillars, if you look carefully, there are beings there are, there's human bodies in there and they're doing, there's one looks like he's snow skate, skating. Another one looks like they're doing archery, but look in those, look closely at this card. And then there's the moon in the background that has two silhouettes on both sides. This It's like a gateway, people. Mm. And this makes sense. This totally makes sense. I don't know when this recording's going to go out, but we're approaching the lion's gate on the 8th of the 8th. So let's take this card that you are connected to soul family. Be brave to bear all. You are supported. There is foundation. There is new growth. There is abundance. And let the light shine upon you. Your soul family's with you. That's a big card. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder it was jumping out of the pack. <laughs> And I don't really think I've touched the edges, but anyway. There will be a big post coming along with that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. On closing then with all those beautiful things that we said, let's put to our audience what can you take from today's conversation and just be that one small change in your noticing of how you perceive age, whether we're young, old, or whatever. What what are you going to do? What are you going to take from this conversation today? And let us know. Let us know. We love the engagement. Keep it coming. It's way, way awesome. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Isn't it, Tanya? I know you love it. I do. <laughs> I do. Absolutely. She does a great job at, at the posts. All I'm trying to do every single day. (laughs) 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 Rightio. Well, that's it. We'll wrap up. And as usual, you'll find all the information in the show notes if there's anything that we needed to link in. And, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Love you all. Love you. Thank you so much for being part of this Soul Sister Conversation. It would mean the world to us if you like and share this podcast with your own soul sisters. Follow the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you are so inspired, leave a review. All suggestions and questions are welcome and you can drop them in the Facebook group. Thank you, beautiful souls.